Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds um, getting an opportunity to spend time together. And uh, Tracy, uh, thanks again for our friendship over the years. Uh, uh, just in our one of our recent early morning text dialogues, I was just like, as soon as we finished, I was like, I'm so thankful uh, that we have opportunities to communicate even from a distance. But it's really nice when we're able to get time together in person and see you face to face. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, I think that uh, relationships are just so key to what makes life meaningful. And uh, I get out of bed every day, and I know I'm probably going to have some texting with Chris Maxwell around 6 o'clock. And it's it's always good, man. Yeah. Well, today we get to do a, uh, another podcast with a, another new friend. I always say, man, any day I can make a new friend is a good day. Well, and uh, Kevin Durham is with us. See, somebody that you've met. Tell us a bit about yeah. Kevin and, and how we're doing this. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Um, I've enjoyed our conversations. And uh, why, why don't you just kind of gossip about yourself? Uh, tell tell our audience uh, more about who you are and what you're doing. I think about um, you know just the importance of stories, you know just the power of stories. And what you're doing is you're taking stories and you're using them in a variety of ways to help other people kind of identify and make the best of their stories. Um, so again, welcome uh, welcome to Next Step Leadership and and just uh, yeah, tell us uh, what all you're doing. Yeah, man. Well, thank you guys for having me, and and uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Tracy, for thank the you. first time. And uh, Chris, how Chris and I met was uh, I started writing a curriculum on um, on a film that we created, and basically wanted to take this film, which was very inspiring, of uh, a friend of mine who was a pro athlete. His name was Matt Manzari, <clears throat> and we created this film called um, Miracle Matt, based on his life. And around that time. I had been in ministry, full-time ministry, for probably 10 years, and we were a filmmaking ministry is how we were sort of labeled, kind of like I Am Second, <clears throat> but sorry, we uh, focused more on the documentary side and, and um, would tell the story of how an athlete came to know Christ, and um, it, was, it was successful, more successful than I thought it would be in terms of numbers and millions of people on, on YouTube around the world and probably over 100 plus countries would see these films of athletes and um, exciting kind of ministry. I, I got to become great friends and still I'm great friends with a lot of those athletes. Um, but to not make this too long-winded about that, I, I always knew that there was so much more into every story of every athlete that we ever were producing and, and beyond that status of an athlete. Um, and that those films were reaching lost people. And it was the heart of like, it was my heart. It was sort of why our ministry was formed. This is my story was to say, this is what God has done in my life and how Jesus has changed me. And we hoped that that would be a great platform to reach the lost. And a lot of these athletes were action sports. So we believed um, there was enough statistics that said a lot of these types of kids in skateboarding and surfing and snowboarding didn't go to church. And and the church itself wasn't really going out to the skate parks or the mountain to, to reach these young people. But those 
kids and young people growing up into the sport uh, looked up to these pro athletes, and that was our mission: was to take the pro athletes platform and to help uh, make Jesus known. and And so we saw people get saved from around the world. You know, just from these videos, God did miraculous things. You know, people would be watching a film and then get on their knees and give their life to Jesus right after the film. And and I'd get an email and say, "Hey, I, I live in some place in Europe, and I just got saved. I want you to know." And you know, for me, that was just like mind blowing. Like, wow, what did, you know, this is back in 2009, 2010, 11, when YouTube wasn't what it is today. Um, but it was still working like it, it is today back then. And, but my heart along the way grew pretty weary over traveling and speaking and beginning to help other people believe that their story mattered. And I just didn't, I didn't get that response from, from hardly any person, young or old, that I talked to when I said, well, what's your story? The response was very much like, I don't really have a story. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I, 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 my story's not that cool. It's not that good. And and uh, in the beginning years of hearing this and traveling, it was sort of in one ear, out the other. Like, oh, you know, that's not true. You have a story. Later on, it became like my life mission. And it is my life mission to this day. Um, I think that's the biggest lie from, from Satan is that um, we don't have a story. And, you know, we... we deal with comparison. I, I have dealt with comparison. There's so many, so many aspects of that. So Miracle Matt was the last athlete film that, that I was producing around this time of my conviction of like, we, I, I want to help people really believe that their story is far greater than they ever could fathom even like not, not just that it's good, but it's, it's so grand and it's, it can change, you know, everyone's life. It can, it can be the greatest thing that you wake up to and you're excited to live into is because your story is so wonderful. Um, but over time I realized you can't tell people that and then believe it. Mm. It's, it's like the hardest and longest process, you know, it's discipleship right in the Bible. Um, but as a church, we've gotten really good, unfortunately at labeling, what we do in theological terms and mm. not necessarily understanding that this journey is really about friendship and it's really right. about our stories. Um, in fact, story is, in my opinion, vital to the discipleship process and, and someone growing in their understanding of themselves, how they relate to God, um, how God is going to relate to them. And if you don't have your story in that context, you're kind of lost at sea. And so I didn't see many churches focusing in on this. I certainly, my part of my story is growing up in the church. Uh, my dad was a pastor, so I literally spent the night at church sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's a, I, I can dive into that story later if we want just my own personal journey and my story. But um, I didn't necessarily see that in Bible college, um, that kind of um, teaching happening in Bible classes where we were being taught and led into this journey. Like we want you to understand that this is what it takes for someone to walk with Jesus, grow in Jesus. It will be you really diving into their story and helping them unpack their life. So with kind of all of that in my own journey, I just said, I feel like we need to take this film miracle Matt, and, and use this film to do something far greater than inspire uh, we need to help transform the way we think about our story. And so we decided to write a seven-week series of video series because we were we were good at making films. We were good at, at telling stories. And so we took Matt, who's the main character of this film, and and uh, we made a seven-week series on basically uh, 
how to discover the goodness of God in your story. So it's called Scarred for Good. Mm-hmm. And um, Matt is, uh, was electrocuted, um, 14,000 volts of electricity, lost his professional wow. athlete career. So it's a very, uh, it, is, it is an amazing film. It's won awards. Um, I'm, I'm not bragging about myself. I, God gave us a great team, and we won awards at both Christian festivals and secular film festivals. Um, but I am so proud that that film has turned into something that now is a tool that really can walk a group of people or an individual deeply through their journey with God and their story. And um, Chris was a godsend to me because I was so insecure in writing something like this. I mean, I was scared out of my mind. Um, <laughs> and, and number one, the expense alone was was something far greater than we had spent um and so I took a big step. I didn't know that writing a book was going to work. didn't know what it would really entail. But I prayed. My wife and I prayed one day, and we had to write a big check to Higher Life Publishing. And Chris is uh, uh, an author and written so many books and, and, and was in the process. He was like one of the few, like three or four people that I could choose from and kind of meet and talk to uh, to help me write Scarred for Good. And so God, ultimately, we prayed about this one big check we had to write. And I don't know if your listeners have ever faced just something big where you're like, I feel God's leading me to do this, but God, you've got to show me yeah. because I don't, I don't have this. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't have face, the money. Some are facing that right now. I mean, right now, as, yeah. you, as you're saying. Yeah. And, and I didn't really want to do a curriculum. I didn't really want to write a book. I just wanted to help people. And I knew that we needed something more than a book or a, a film. We needed something. Um, or I didn't want to continue to do this ministry and, and not in a bad way. I just was like, if this is going to be who I become and, and remain as a filmmaker, I don't want to just be that. I'd, I'd like to do something else probably in my life. I, I don't necessarily love filmmaking, but I love storytelling. And so our prayer was like, Lord, if you want us to write this, develop this, please make this, this possible, this big, this big number that we have to go I have to sign a contract and then tell basically Higher Life Publishing, I don't have the money, but I'm going to sign this contract, believing that God is going to provide. So I did. I went. We prayed. We felt God was saying he's going to provide. And we went. I sat down. I signed the contract. I looked at our friend from Higher Life. I don't have the money to pay for this, but I, I believe God's going to provide. Not even at the end of this day. I have a call from a friend of mine. He'd, he'd supported our ministry before in the past, but nothing to this amount. And he just said, hey, my wife and I have been praying. We just felt like God was just spurring us to give a, a larger donation. And I think it was like, you know, more than 10 grand. It's close to 20 grand. And mm-hmm. I, I said, awesome, man. And he goes, well, the check's in the mail. Mm-hmm. A few days later, it shows up. The check is exactly $20,000. Mm. And uh, it was whatever it was is within like a dollar or two dollars of the exact amount that we needed. And I, I just started crying. I mean, I, mm. you know, because God does things in our lives like when we finally just get to the end of ourselves. And what and what like I honestly believe if I quit doing the ministry with kind of where I was, even with my heart, if God would have said no, it would have been the greatest no I could have had too because mm. I, I wasn't I didn't want to leave ministry. I just felt like I was at this this flexing point in my life and, and either solution, either answer, whatever turn it went was like, I wanted God to make the turn. And either way I wanted, I wanted him. 
I didn't necessarily want anything. I just wanted mm -hmm. to be with him in that direction. And we're still in ministry, I guess. So, we, yeah. <laughs> you know, which direction that's going for now, right? Yeah. And wow. so anyway, Chris, I just say this, like this podcast, for those of you who are listening to you, like they are so blessed and privileged to be with you guys because I was so blessed and privileged to have you on my journey because um, my dad was an amazing father, but he had never written any books. Um, I think he could have. I think he still can. He's just got an amazing, he's been an amazing father to me and, and pastor. But you were, I think I may have told you this, you were like a father to me in, in, you know, in my complaining and my, in my insecurity and all those times I was like, I don't know, I just feel like this isn't going to be workout or this is what I want to say, but I don't know how to say this. And you were just always so kind and gentle and, and sure, you know, and having your assuredness was uh, a piece that I needed throughout this journey. And I looked so many times at this book that I have on my desk here mm -hmm. and, um, people's lives have been drastically impacted by this mm -hmm. and I've had the privilege of witnessing it. And you have, you walked with me. I wouldn't, this book would not be here without you, Chris. Well, I'm proud of you for enduring the journey, uh, facing those questions, um, but, and pursuing help. Um, what, yeah. would, what would you say are some of the key things um, that that helped you endure instead of giving up? Uh, because we have a lot of people that are living in that place now. Um, you know, my latest book is is Equilibrium, and people, so many people are leaning, they're twisting, they're turning, they don't know how to find balance and endurance to the end, but also joy for each moment. Uh, so how has that, that worked for you as you, I mean, you talk about telling the story. Tell us a little more of your story and how you have been personally able to endure the questions and the uncertainty of ministry. Yeah, well, specific to ministry is uniquely different than my younger version of my story. Um, I don't know if you want my younger version of my story, but it, it, it was before ministry, but... Um, I would speak specifically about ministry real quick. Um, it, it's almost like sports for me. When I played sports, there were certain friends of mine that loved sports that played on the basketball team, but they, they were not a good basketball player and they quit. And I didn't get any matter at those friends for quitting because I, th I thought that they should quit basketball because they were actually a better business person. They, you know, a couple of them started businesses or they were better at music. And sometimes we push our children into things and then we wonder why they're not good at it. And it's like, well, maybe God didn't make them to play baseball. Maybe they're supposed to be a musician. And when it comes to ministry, I think, you know, 85 or 90% of graduating students from seminary leave within two years of ministry and, and never return. That's right. And um, I think part of that's our training. We, we get trained theologically, but we don't get trained on how to deal with the reality of humanity, the, the brokenness and the longevity of brokenness. The journey to Jesus is sometimes long and bumpy and hard. And so we're not really taught that. We don't have that experience of that. Um, and so people who are in ministry, maybe the best thing for you to do is to leave ministry. But don't leave because you think that you failed in ministry. Leave because maybe God wants you to, to have him and go be a business person. And the call of ministry sometimes frustrates me. We have a lot of people that are called to know the Lord and then think that they're supposed to go into full-time ministry. Um, man, I would really question going into full-time ministry 
a, a thousand percent. I would I would take a year off of my life mm-hmm. and say, are you sure? Are you sure? Because number one, you're not going to make much money. Yeah. And financially, when you have a family, I mean, my personal testimony is we were on the brink of divorce primarily because of my idolatry in ministry mm-hmm. and my lack of the ability to make income mm-hmm. because stability is a part of who God is. And if I follow Jesus, quote unquote, and I'm in ministry and I don't have stability for my wife and my children, I'm not, I'm not following God. There's, there's, mm-hmm. God is stable. It doesn't mean that you can't have seasons when you're needing to fully trust him. But right. if you have year after year after year after year where you're struggling financially, you need to get something set right in your life. And my wife was a barometer for me. She's like, you, you need to make money. Like you need to figure this out because we, we can't pay this. We can't pay that. And so I learned in the early years, you know, we've been married 20 years coming up this year. And that is a, mir- a miracle of God, I will tell you. And God is good. We just, this, this morning before our podcast, we had, we went through our confessions together. And um, just beautiful. And we seal our confession with a kiss and a hug. And, and those, those are the things that uh, came from God bringing us through those valleys. Um, so that would be my just two cents on ministry. I know it, it's kind of like high level, but like if you're going to quit, like quit well. Don't quit with this idea that I failed, I was a failure. No, your your only failure was maybe that you went into ministry. Mm. And maybe like you're meant to go start a business. You're meant to be an employee somewhere. And in that, go serve the local church with these unique giftings that you have, this unique leadership that you have. But you maybe your leadership's not meant to be over here in ministry. And FYI, ministry will be sometimes one of the most loneliest paths you can mm-hmm. ever take. So if you're going to go into ministry, you better be for certain that you have someone in your life that is going to hold you accountable, that you're going to have no secrets with, that you will be raw, real, and open. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will, you, you know, you will have a very, very difficult journey in ministry at the very least. If not, it's going to be tragic and devastating. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the beauty of that, even in spite of how dark that can be, how lonely that can be, God is still so good and faithful. Amen. And that's the mystery. Because you could be failing as a husband and as a father in ministry. And I say that because that is the majority of like where failure breaks down. It's not that they really fail the people of the church, because they'll sacrifice their family usually mm-hmm. and their wives for the betterment of the church. And that's idolatry. Yeah. Um, and so they will end up having those things fall apart and, uh, and somehow in the mystery of God's love, he is capable of restoring things and, and bringing about the beauty again. And, and he's, he's done that for my wife and I. And, um, so that's my ministry take my personal journey for me real quick would be, I being raised in the church, my view of God was that everyone in the church was uniquely different than me and that I was the only one that really had some issues. I was a, I was a rambunctious kid. I got kicked out of class. I got, you know, written up. I had to go to the principal. I got into some fights and, um, you know, just kind of a troublemaker and, you know, fought my younger sister, had a temper and, and, um, having a mom as a Sunday school teacher and my second grade teacher, um, actually she didn't want to teach me. She made the other son, second grade teacher in public school teach me because I was, I was too bad, you know. And I don't blame <laughs> her for that, you know. She saved her own sanity. Um, but 
at seven years old, this even this started at about seven years old when a friend of mine and I discovered a Playboy magazine in this uh, in this cow pasture in an abandoned older house, like a hundred year old house, and there was just a box of Playboy magazines in there. And so I was I was alone on, with him on this secret discovery, this treasury, you know, like this. What is this thing? And and it planted into me um, a defilement of of women and a pursuit of this perverted version of of love and and sexuality. And um, I felt dirty and I felt ashamed, but yet I was seeking that out again. I, I had to, and, and he did, and all these, you know, other things start to unfold where this secret desire existed in me for seeking out lust and pornography. And back then it wasn't, you know, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and all that. Um, and so what I ended up doing was, man, I, I fell into that so deep, which it just made me feel even more so that, that I was the only one that really struggled in life. And I dealt right. with the shame and the guilt of that that was so heavy. At 12 years old, I had kept so much of this inside of me that I literally said, I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. I wrote a note one time, um, got my dad's shotgun. I held it. I looked at it. I envisioned it. I wondered. And... Um, and it was the weight of that. I really thought if my dad knew, he would he would hate me. He would be ashamed of me. And if other people knew, you know, that I was like this. And I also felt just that I was too mean and I was too this. And, and so all these things, Satan used that to compile that. And the weight of my sin was so heavy. I thought, um, I'm already dead. Sure, you all think I'm alive because I'm active. I'm playing. I'm having fun. I'm in sports. But the truth is, I'm just dead. I'm dying and I want to die. Um, and then God sent a man to preach. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That night, I ran to the altar at church, and I just confessed to my dad and and this almost demonic vomiting of like, Mm -hmm. I will be honest, and this is who I am, Dad, and this is what's going on, and I'm Mm -hmm. so hurting, and I'm so tired. And my dad hugged me. He wrapped his arms around me, and it was the physical manifestation of our Mm -hmm. eternal God present in that moment to say, you will not die in your sin. And by the way, the church is also messed up. Everyone in the church is sinful and in need. And man, my dad and I, we had real transparency. I was known Mm -hmm. and I was fully loved. And that moment marked a newness for me and God that was real. And it was a true, genuine, I need you, Jesus, more than I ever realized, and you love me, and you want me, you know. Boy, so Kevin, that's what that's what we need. That's to been hear. my story. We yeah. need to we need to know that. Thanks for your transparency, Kevin. I, I believe that people connect with our weaknesses far more than they do our strengths and the things that you know. Thank you for going there. Appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I, every man, I, I've always felt like you know there there are two kind of men in this world. There are men who deal with lust, and they're liars. Um, and that's, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, amen. And I, Unfortunately, and I, uh, it's true. It's true. Well, I look forward to us continuing this conversation and talking about uh, the power of story. There's so much of what you're sharing that I just connect on such a deep level, Kevin. Thank you, man. So we'll uh, Thank close you this one out for for this particular time, and we're going to close as we always do to say, listen, we want to find ways today to make our next step our best step. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. 
We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.